Hello and welcome to Listen Divinity Podcast, the show that discusses world religions and belief system. I am Nerdani Dimakabato and today we are going to talk about the Dharmic and Eastern philosophical religions with our guests Faith Francesca, Graziel Hanna Coletta, John Mirabel, and Zarina Verbal. Our guests will share their learnings and insights about the Dharmic and Eastern philosophical religions. Before we let our guests share their learnings, what are Dharmic and Eastern philosophical religions? Dharmic or Indian religions are religions that originated in India or the Indian subcontinent. They are Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism, and Sikhism. These religions share many similarities in core beliefs, modes of worship, and associated practices due to their common history of origin and some mutual influences. Eastern philosophy or Asian philosophy includes the various philosophies that originated in East and South Asia including Chinese philosophy, Indian philosophy, Japanese philosophy, and Korean philosophy which are dominant in the East. Now that we have learned what Dharmic and Eastern philosophical religions are, our guests will be sharing their learnings and insights about Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, and Confucianism. Hi everyone, we are going to talk about Confucianism, which is a philosophical religion. So, who is Confucius? So, Confucius is a Latinized version of Confuci or Confucius. His followers call him is Confuci, which means Master Kong or Great Master. He was born on September 28 as the day considered as an official holiday in Taiwan as Teacher's Day. And he believed that the ideal order has been achieved in the past but was lost. Here's another information uh, for Confucius. His first teacher was his mother at the age of 15. He set his heart upon learning. That's why he became um, a teacher. Now, at the age of 19, he got married and had a son at the age of 20. He had already served in minor government posts and had already gained reputation as an all-around scholar. In his 30s, he had started a brilliant teaching career, often considered as the first person to devote his whole life to learning and teaching for the purpose of social transformation and improvement. After that, we're going to talk about the symbol. Two important symbols to Confucianism, which is color and the water. The scholar represented by the Chinese symbol above, which is, we can call Ru, it contains the symbol of a person as well as the character for need or desire. The foremost need of people is nourishment and education, the need of a human being. The second symbol is water. It's one of the five elements in Chinese philosophy. It is considered as the source of life, valued for its significance in the natural world and sustaining life. The figure below is the Chinese symbol for water. Lastly, I'm going to talk about the Confucian beliefs and I'm going to emphasize four of it. So number one is Ren. It represents the perfection of what it means to be human, often translated as humanity and humaneness. Number two is Shao. What exactly does it mean to be good, to be benevolent, and to be humane? For Confucius, is it to love others or to care for others? It means filial piety. Number three is Shu. It means reciprocity. If you want to realize yourself, you must also help others realize for themselves. Golden rule, do not do unto others what you do not want others to be done unto you. Number four is Li. It means propriety, the proper behavior call for every, for in every situation's behavior is useless without benevolence. So that is the four Confucian beliefs.
I am John Robinson, I'm Maribel, and I'm here to talk about and share my learnings and insight about the Taoism religion. Ang Taoismo mula sa Chinong Daojiao ay tumutukoy sa iba't ibang pagkaugnay ng pangpilosopiya at pagreliyon ng mga dalawang libong taon at gumaganap sa kanluran. Nangungulugan ang salitang Tao o Dao depende sa eksima ng romanisasyon bilang landas o daan pagaman ay may ibang basalakaulugan ito sa ibang pamayag reliyon, Chino o at Pilosopiya. Binibigyan din ng kagandaan asal ang etika ng Tawismo, ang tatlong hiyas ng Dao, paghambag, pagtitimpi, at kababa ang loob. Pangkalahat ng nakatoon ang kaisipan Tawista, kalikasan, kaisaan ng mga tao, kosmos, kalusugan, mahabang buhay buway, aksyon na mamagitan na walang aksyon, kalayaan, kawalang kamatayan at magkakausang loob. Ang pangalawang Tawismo ay nagmula sa Dao, salitang Chino na ibig sabihin ang daan. Naniniwalang Tawista ng pinakmalagang pamumuhay ng natural na pamaraan ng Dao, ay dapat umayon sa kalikasan ng mga panghihirap, pagdurusa, sakit, ng, sakit at pagproblema ng tao ay resulta na hindi pagsusunod ng paraan ng aklikasan at ang daw. Ang daw ay nagpahintulad ng sa isang bagay na walang hugis at forma. Ang mga karagatan ang, at ilog ay kina, kinalalagyan. Kaya kapangyarihan ang daw dahil makakumbaba ito, ang daw rin ang nabibigay ng puwersa sa lahat ng dinalang. Simplicidad ang tama ay tema ng tawismo. Ang tawista ay dapat maging paraan simpleng pirasong kahoy. Malimi itong kahoy ay metaporma, ay metapora sa tawismo. Dapat yumuko ng parang hinahingay ng talahib. Kuwag dapat pilitin ang dimparaan ng kalikasan. Ang mga limang elemento ay tubig, apoy, kahoy, bakal at lupa. Ang mga nagkokorespond na kulay ay itim, asul, pula, verde, asul, puti at dilaw. Importante ito sa alkima ng instik. Ang pagkakabalik ay importante sa Taoismo. Ang meditasyon na ay may pinagbabalik ang kalikasan ay konstante. Kung di alam ng konstante ay katastrope ang magkakaroon. Maniniwalang ng mga Taoisto na maraming kaluluwa ang nasa loob ng katawan. May konsepto yin at yang. Ang yin ay, na, ay maitim at makababae at yang ay maputi at makalalaki. Sa konsepsyon na tao, nagkaroon ng pitong yin na kaluluwa sa samahan sa tatlong yang na kaluluwa sa pag-anakan. May eskwela sa tawismo na naniniwala may 36,000 kaluluwang Diyos sa bawat katawan ng tao at ang mga ito ay mikrokosmo na nag-reflect sa makrosmo. May anitong mabayit at may anitong demonyo. Ang ki o chi na dinatagalog ay buhay na eneriya o hinga. For this midterm, I was given the chance to share my learnings about Buddhism. So here we go. So about 2,500 years ago, a prince named Siddhartha Gautama began to question his sheltered, luxurious life in the palace. He left the palace and saw four sights. A sick man, an old man, and a man, a dead man, and a monk. These sights are said to have shown him that even a prince cannot escape illness, suffering, and death. The sight of the monk told Siddhartha to leave his life as a prince and become a wandering holy man seeking the answers to questions like, why must people suffer? What is the cause of suffering? Siddhartha spent many years doing many religions, such as praying, meditating, and fasting, until he finally understood the basic truths of life. This realization occurred after sitting under a poplar fig tree in Bodh Gaya, India, for many days in deep meditation. He gained enlightenment, or nirvana, and was given the title of Buddha which means the enlightened one. 
Buddha discovered three universal truths and four noble truths which he then taught to the people for the next 45 years. The three universal truths is, number one, everything in life is impermanent and is always changing. Number two, because nothing is permanent, a life based on possessing things or persons doesn't make you happy. Number three, no eternal and changing soul and self is just a collection of changing characteristics or attributes. The four noble truths are, number one, human life has a lot of suffering. Number two, the cause of suffering is greed. Number three, there is an end to suffering. Number four, the way to end suffering is to follow the middle path. Buddha then taught people not to worship him as a god. He said they should take responsibility for their own lives and actions. He thought that the middle way was the way to nirvana or enlightenment. The middle way meant not leading a life of luxury and indulgence, but also not one of too much fasting and hardship. The Five Precepts Even though each form of Buddhism took on its own identity, all Buddhists follow a set of guidelines for daily life called the Five Precepts. And these are, number one, do not harm or kill living things. Number two, do not take things unless they are freely given. Number three, lead a decent life. Number four, do not speak unkindly or tell lies. And number five, do not abuse drugs or drink alcohol. So that's it for my learning for this midterms. Thank you. I'm Gershal Hanabangarikolata, and I'm here to talk and share my insight about Hinduism religion. Hinduism is the world's oldest religion according to many scholars with roots and customs dating back than 4,000 years Today, with about 900 million followers, Hinduism is the third largest religion behind Christianity and Islam. Roughly 95% of the world's Hindus lives in India. Because of religion has no specific founder, it's difficult to trace its origin and history. Hinduism is closely related to others in general religion, including Buddhism, Schism, and Jainism. Hindu gods. Hindus worship many gods and goddesses in addition to Brahman, who is believed to be supreme god force present in all things. Some of the most prominent deities include Brahman, Vishnu, Shiva, Devi, Krishna, Lakshmi, and Saraswati. Brahman is the god responsible for creation of the world and all living things. Vishnu, the god that preserves and protects the universe. Devi, the goddess that fights to restore Dharma. Shiva, the god that destroys the universe in order to recreate it. Lakshmi, the goddess of wealth and purity. Saraswati, the goddess of learning. Hindu worship, which is known as puja, typically takes place in a mardir or in temple 
follower of Hinduism can visit the temple anytime they please. Hindu can also worship at home, and many have a special shrine dedicated to certain gods and goddesses. Additionally, many Hindus take pilgrimages to temples and other sacred sites in India. Also, Hindu then has a Hindu caste system. The caste system is social hierarchic in India that divides Hindus based on their karma and dharma. Many scholars believe the system dates back more than 3,000 years. The four main castles in order of premises including Brahmin, the intellectual and the spiritual leaders, Kishariyas, the protectors and the public servant of the society, Devayas, the skillful end producers, and the Shudras, the unskilled laborers. Many subscriptors also exist within each castle. The untouchable are the class of citizens that are, are outside the castle system and considered to be in the lowest level of the society. For centuries, the castle system determined very aspect of the person's social and personal religious status in India. Today, the castle system still exists in India, but is loosely followed. Many of the old customs are overlooked, but some traditions such as marrying within specific castle are still embraced. Also, Hindu has a lot of holidays and celebration, and as like as a Christianity. And that's all my insights about Hinduism. Thank you for listening. That is this week's episode of the Listen Divinity Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.